Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, it's really, really simple. Me, my guest, or both of us have experienced something for the first time, and we're going to talk about it. Today, I have my um, part-time co-host, and she happens to be married to me. Uh, My wife, Nikki, is here with us. Say hello. Hi. I'm back. And... It's not just her. You probably read the uh, description. You probably read the topic of this show, unless you're a dedicated listener, and thank you. Um, But our guest today is a musician that goes by Scott O'Rocket. He's the host of the Dollar Hot Dog Night podcast. He's a Twitch streamer, and obviously, he's a gamer. Welcome, Scott Ida, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I wish I had like sometimes I put in the applause there because people don't like the guest doesn't know if they're <laughs> supposed to say anything. It's like I was kind of feel like should I clap? Yeah, like little uh, noises in the background. We should have had oh. like uh, like an intent like an eight bit crowd. <gasps> I'll, ha- maybe I'll have to add that in post. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, should should we just pause for a couple seconds and then we'll we can just redo the whole thing if you want no it'll be okay it'll be okay my my podcast isn't professional um well i'll just add it over us talking because no one wants to hear that anyways but um as i said you are the host of a new podcast called the dollar hot dog night podcast you talk about um maybe one of my least favorite things in the world which is baseball but i think that's what's great about podcasting is that there is a forum for everybody so maybe just tell me and the listeners a little bit about this uh, show and what it's about. Yeah, so the Dollar Hot Dog Night podcast, um, It's uh, we only have two episodes right now, um, but it's uh, primarily sports-focused. Um, so any given episode is probably going to have some kind of sports topic, most likely baseball. Um, but... Uh, I do like to mix in some other topics just, you know, so it's not completely sports focused because, you know, I probably have some kind of ADHD. So I always got a, you know, variety of this is the spice of life. So um, my uh, my next guest that I'm actually going to have on it, uh, we're going to be talking uh, at, coincidentally video games. Um, so, that. yeah, um, but. Uh, it's going to be uh, something that he's more uh, passionate about uh, in terms of video games. And it's more me uh, going to be getting an understanding of why he's so passionate about that particular uh, game series. So uh, looking forward to that conversation. Um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, mostly baseball focused. Well, if you ever need someone to come on and and describe why they do not like baseball very passionately <laughs> i mean i would hate a strong word um because i don't hate it because i think it's great that other people like it so you know it's and it's not hurting anybody so i don't hate it i just um i've tried it i've gone to pro games i've slept through program pro games it's not my thing so if you ever need that guy but i um where does the name come from dollar hot dog night so the dollar hot dog night is one of my favorite uh, promotions in all of minor league sports, uh, not just baseball, uh, like minor league hockey teams do it too, um, where one night a week uh, during the season, uh, you know, come on out. Uh, we got dollar hot dogs, dollar beers, dollar popcorn, come out to the game. 
because uh, we got cheap food and snacks and stuff like that. Um, so that that's uh, really what got me started uh, going to more minor league games, uh, especially when I lived uh, in the I lived in the Quad Cities for a while. Uh, so I went to a lot of Quad City Mallards games uh, for Friday night, dollar beer, dollar hot dogs. And those crowds are just so lit up with excitement because they're all hopped up on <laughs> hot dog nitrates and alcohol. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, so it, it's those, those are my favorite nights to go to minor league games because that's when you get a crowd that's you know, not just excited for, you know, cheap drinks and food, but they're, you know, everyone's out there to see a game and it, it, it's hard to describe sometimes, uh, just the feeling of just being out in the open air. It's a nice night. Sports are going on. The food is cheap. The drinks are plenty. It's a good time. See, and like for us, we're, we, we, you know, enjoy being in a dark theater and the polar opposite to see a movie <laughs> and they do $5 Tuesdays and we avoid them like the plague. Well, that's a bad figure speech now. It's really hard to avoid the plague, but um, we avoid those because it brings out the riffraff. But I can understand you want the riffraff at a baseball game because they're mm-hmm. going to go wild and cheer where people do fucking come to a $5 movie night and they cheer and it's like, shut up. You know, this isn't a baseball I, game. Go to the baseball game. It's a dollar for yeah. a hot dog. So I'm looking forward to like summer. So those $5 movie people can go to $5 baseball nights instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's nothing I dislike more in a movie theater than when people clap at the end of a movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that for a long time. Uh, uh, Spider-Man. So, okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Crowd, yeah. Oh, it. I yeah, Spider Man was the last movie I saw in the theater, and uh, people uh, applauded. Uh, w- I don't know if like we need a spoiler tag on it. If, if you uh, haven't seen it point. yet, then this, that's your problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> whenever whenever a villain um, or an alternate Peter Parker uh, made an appearance on the screen for the first time, uh, everyone in the theater clapped. Yeah. Um, that's that oh it saw it (laughs) just i don't get it it was kind of fun though well it's been two years since we sort of had that like communal theater experience so it was sort of nice and i'm like all right we got the one and let's go back to um enthusiastic (laughs) um like angry nerds who won't make noise because i I remember going to like the harry potter midnight screenings and people cheered and did their Mm -hmm. thing um and it was sort of fun to be part of a crowd but um i think the you know, the daredevil cameo in the, in Spider-Man. Like I read that the actor went to the theater and he was like, I've been reading that everybody cheers when I show up. And he sat in the middle of the theater and he was like, rolled it out the red carpet for himself. And no one made a fucking sound. Yeah. He showed up on screen and there was just like, you could probably hear the guy sweeping in the hallway and he was like devastated, (laughs) but uh, you know, a little bit of a bruised ego, but um I'm sure the millions of dollars will, you know, he can wipe his tears away with. Yeah. Will, will help heal the wounds. He's going to be okay. Yeah, he's going to oh, be that's, okay. That's rough. <laughs> um, but I, the, as far as the theater going experience goes, there's nothing I loved more than going to a a Monday morning at 10:30 a.m. showing of some blockbuster movie because nobody was there. Yes. And I would have the entire theater pretty much to myself and 
that that's my ideal theater going experience. I think one time we went and we were the well, I don't remember if we were the only people there, but Nikki still brings us up because um, I'm very peculiar about obviously about my movie going experience. I'm sort of we're, we're sort of um, theater Nazis. And one time we were sitting in an action movie, I think it was. And my phone goes off and never goes off. <laughs> and she's like, what the hell? Like, you always turn your phone off. And I checked. It was like 8 p.m. like on a Wednesday night or something. Yeah, there I wasn't ma- if there was Weird. anybody, it wasn't many people. Yeah. But um, I checked my phone and I forgot that I had set a an alarm the night before for my hot dogs that were or corn, corn dogs, dogs were in the <laughs> oven. So it said corn dog <laughs> alarm. And Nikki still like it's been like six years, maybe longer. And she's still like, is it your corn dog alarm going on? <laughs> I didn't want to leave the corn dogs in the oven, so I set my alarm like, okay, 10 minutes. And then it, on my iPhone, it sets it for like every day at like yeah. 6.04 or 8.04 or whatever. And it's like, oh, my corn dog alarm's going off in the middle of a movie. Sorry, guys. The corn dogs oh. are ready, though. <laughs> but anyways, um, no, Dollar Hot Dog Night. I, I've watched Brockmire, which you might find weird because I don't like baseball, but I love that show. Did you watch Brockmire? Uh, I did not watch Brockmire, um, but I was actually introduced to the character, uh, because he, um, he does some content. Hank Azaria does, uh, some content for the Dan Lebitard show, mm-hmm. uh, as Brockmire. Uh, he actually had a, a podcast on there. Um, he did a couple episodes as Brockmire, um, and that's how I was introduced to the character. Um, and I can't believe you haven't watched it cause it is it is fantastic. And maybe, maybe it is more for people who don't like baseball, but it's, it talks about, you know, that's where I learned the term myself, dollar hot dog night. Cause he's basically brought into this, like sort of, he's in, I won't talk too much about Brock Meyer, but I do love it. I watched every episode like when it aired. Um, and basically he was this like, sort of like a John Madden, like the top tier of um, baseball commentators. And then he drank his, life away and became a sort of a joke and he was given a second chance with a minor league team and they said you know we need you to bring this team back and he sort of came back to his former glory by coming up with these crazy ideas and and it was like you know dollar hot dog night but not so great ideas of like really weird obscure things to get people back in the seats you know and he was still drinking and schmoozing and hitting on all the ladies and uh not the greatest guy still but it's very very funny show yeah, I it's one of those shows I'm surprised it, you know, never never crossed my path, but I also don't really seek out a lot of like TV lately. If I'm watching TV, it's usually something live like baseball. <laughs> like like baseball uh or uh pro wrestling uh with, you know, timely reference cuz we got WrestleMania this weekend. Heck yeah, we do. <laughs> two nights oh, of it, I, and steve austin's back is that what i'm hearing correctly uh steve austin uh will be there uh um with for some kind of confrontation with uh mr kevin owens uh i don't know exactly what capacity if like he's going to be wrestling or not but uh it's always a good time with stone cold steve austin he is definitely top five for me so he's I've been hearing yeah conflicting things. I mean, I was obsessed with pro wrestling for many years. I've heard 
you know, he's coming back for a full match. I've heard there's no way for him to come back in a phys- like a full match because he's physically unable. So it'll have to be something brief. It seems like almost a waste of us of Stone Cold if you don't have the build up to it and the announcement of the actual match. And, you know, but I think the curiosity of fans, they're going to tune tune in whether um, they know or not. It, it's, it's sort of an interesting sport where um I mean, it's obviously sports entertainment. I still call it a sport, but it's like you can't do that in any other sport where, um, you know, there might be a football game this week. There might not be. We don't know if it's going to be a playoff game or not, because this is the WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. So and and he is the Tom Brady of, uh, I would say, of wrestling. I mean, he's I mean, Hulk Hogan might be more of a, a household name, but Stone Cold like was the I mean, especially our age, like our generation the man yeah i would i would say uh like hulk hogan would probably be more like a like a joe montana if you're gonna make the the football comparison like like great in the 80s um but yeah the the brady for stone cold comparison is is pretty apt um as far like as far as like championships one like of course like you know, Brady's got the most, and then, you know, you got John Cena. I think he, no, John Cena, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. I think one, yeah. Um, but in terms of just overall popularity, uh, like, yeah, Tom Brady and Stone Cold have got to be, like, up there in terms of popularity. I wish they, when did they move it to two nights? When when was that started? WrestleMania. That might have been... I know for sure they did it last year. It feels uh, like it's been like four or five years, and I'm like, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> one night to dedicate is, especially how long it is. Like, I understand it's the biggest, like I said, the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl is not two nights. I think they split it to two nights. I want to say, uh, if not last year, then for sure two years ago, uh, but not longer than that. Okay. Uh, I think they put it to two nights just because it was it was getting so long uh the show at one point if you included like the the pre-show which they do uh i think at least an hour before the show uh it got up to seven hours uh for one night uh so yeah splitting it into two nights made a lot of sense but it also gives more uh performers an opportunity uh to be on the show yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I just remember maybe it was it's, it's, time is irrelevant right now with um, obviously with COVID, but it's like I, I think it was last year. I was the one without was it last year the one without the crowd or the year before there was you know where uh, they had like the video monitors. Was that where Bad Bunny was at? He had a crowd, right? Or did Bad Bunny have a crowd? We watched it like that was mm-hmm. Nikki's first WrestleMania. Yeah, that that was uh that was last year. He had the crowd. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, it was twenty. 20- they yeah they still did a WrestleMania in 2020, uh, which was really bad timing uh, because the if you want to the official start was early March WrestleMania is in late March. Okay, so they're um, like playing it close. Yeah, and they're the stadium. They were originally going to be in uh, Raymond James Stadium, which is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play, um, and they moved it to uh, kind of their local. Um, they have a, a developmental program called NXT and they have a, a soundstage at Full Sail University. Okay. Um, so they moved, they moved uh, all their tapings there pretty much 
uh, all their weekly TV. Uh, WrestleMania was there. Um, and yeah, it was without a crowd. Well, I'm glad that, you know, now they can do their big spectacular. I mean, it's not WrestleMania unless it's like a huge um, spectacle, but uh, they should do dollar hot dog night at wrestling. Yeah. Uh, People probably throw hot dogs though, wouldn't they? (laughs) If, uh, if you go to your, you know, your local small time wrestling promotion, uh, it's, it's very likely that they could be serving up some dollar hot dogs, you know, just to Mm -hmm. get you to come out to the show. Cause though, I mean, those crowds are, are usually pretty raucous. Um, Oh yeah. There are a few of those. Those are crazy. Yeah. The, the crowd size, I'd say the biggest crowd I've been in, in terms of like a small, uh, wrestling thing, maybe like 150 people, Okay. but it's 150 of like, they, they know all these dudes too. Um, and they're, they're just screaming at them at the bad guys. There's kids that will get in their faces. If they're sitting in the front row, they're dead hards. Yeah. It's, it's something completely different than what you would see at like a WWE show. I went to one when I was pretty young at our local auditorium. And I think Luis Piccoli or, or someone was like, one of the only few names that anybody knew it was like, a, you know, obviously not even recorded or at, or um, played anywhere. And it just like, as a kid, it, it, I was like, why would they wrestle if it's not on TV? Like, what's the point? And I was like, Oh, it's just for us. That's pretty wild. Like seemed like a waste, but uh, still, still a cool memory. But um, yeah, if, uh, if you want to check out the uh, dollar hot dog night podcast, where would people go? I assume on most, podcast uh platforms um i'm actually still in the process of getting it onto other platforms um i'm still kind of learning the uh kind of the inner workings of uh the platform i'm using to distribute uh so right now i'm on anchor uh, fm and spotify um i'm working to get it up on other platforms like stitcher and apple podcasts um hopefully within within the next week here i'll be able to sit down and kind of actually start to do that stuff like i it's very new um this this podcast so we're still in the process of getting it fully up and running like if you if you say this one's not a not a professional uh podcast you should see what i'm working with i i mean we all start at the same spot and i think people um who start a podcast quickly learn like Oh, this isn't as easy as it seemed. It's pretty crazy to think like everybody has one, but they're not easy to. It's easy to record one. It's not easy to get it out there and get people to listen. But uh, anybody who does one, I, I respect as long as they're not like a, a Nazi podcast or something. <laughs> but um, you're also Nazis a lot in this podcast. I know. I I, yeah, I just want to make sure Sus. that people know that I'm not a fan <laughs> of Nazis. Um, but you're also a Twitch streamer, which we discussed a little bit um, before we hit record, uh, just because I'm so I'm going to sound like an ancient old man on this episode, because um, I would say the last system that gaming console system that I was like really played a lot was maybe PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. maybe even PlayStation 1. I We have a PlayStation 3. We still have a fat PlayStation 3 that works. Um. Yeah, we have a few games for it. Yeah, but I I 
played it's funny enough i played like throwback games on it like nba jam and <laughs> and shit so it was like it doesn't really count when you're buying the old games for it um but if you handed me like a playstation 4 controller and told me to play oh god i don't even know what a game is on is it or wait we have playstation 5 now don't we god damn it i already made myself old <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it yeah we're up to five on the playstations it's incredible to think about yeah my my brother was always really big into i have an older brother and when he moved away to college he would like mod xboxes and and stuff for people and they would have halo tournaments in their dorms and i would hear all about it and i'm like yeah we can't we're poor and i'm poor i can't afford an xbox so Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't know how that works And, and it to me i guess i've always said it got to the point when gaming got harder than real life like to make my guy walk across the fucking ground i'm hitting like four like i have to why am i hitting back and i'm like that i could it'd just be easier for me to walk than it is to play the game so it was more when it became more effort i was like i'm out i'm this has passed me by yeah, I can't yeah it, it, oh sorry no go um, ahead uh to be honest that's that's kind of why uh i always stuck primarily with nintendo games because they they were a way to unwind rather than i i do like to challenge myself when gaming but nintendo provides more of like a uh like a cool down from the day like get home from work take your pants off play some super mario brothers mm-hmm. sounds like a good night yes <laughs> nikki sort of uh like i said we were uh i i grabbed my mom's um nintendo mini and uh Nikki was playing it the other night and she was she was not unwinding. She was getting pretty, pretty mad <laughs> playing at it. Super Mario three. <laughs> it's like I know like I, I it's I haven't played it in a few years. It hasn't been that long, but it's like I remember all the like the secrets and like where to go for this and that. And then I just get so mad at myself because it just the little things, the little things, things stupid like, little mistakes. I knew the turtle was going to be right there. Why did I? Yeah, it's frustrating <laughs> stuff like that so what do you what do you stream on twitch like what if you're more of a retro nintendo guy because i always assumed like people get on twitch and watch people play like first person shooters or um more i don't know like more complicated games because i i love retro gaming and it sounds like that's more of your thing so can you actually like stream or or yeah stream that stuff on twitch yeah like you can you can stream whatever video game you want on on Twitch. Uh, but like, of course, like the more modern day games and whatever has been released recently um, is going to get the most attention on Twitch, um, as well as the people that uh, promote themselves more um, They're Of course, they're going to get more attention as far as retro gaming goes. Uh, one of the one of the top uh I guess categories, subcategories for retro gaming on Twitch would be like speed running, uh, where uh, I think someone I tries, yeah, yeah, it's somebody tries to beat a game as fast as possible. Um, they have mm-hmm. leaderboards for it. They have all kinds of events centered around it. It's become kind of kind of an offshoot of esports uh, in a way, but the. As far as retro gaming goes, that would be kind of what people would go to Twitch to see for the most part would be speedrunning. As far as what I do, I I just do casual gameplay. 
you know, I, every time I go live, I just invite people, Hey, come in, say hi, just, you know, come chat. It's, it's kind of a casual thing. It's literally just me sitting in front of a camera playing video games. And I, that's and, kind, and of, kind of what you're playing, like your monitor onto the screen too. So we can see what you're seeing. Correct. Yeah. You can, you can see what I see, uh, hear what I hear. Um, there, there would be there. The only delay would be between like the Twitch chat um, when I see it versus uh, when you type it that I'd say there's probably like a 20 to 30 second delay. Okay. Um, so when you type something, I probably don't see it uh, for 20 to 30 seconds. Um, so I'm still kind of learning how to kind of get around that because it doesn't really have like a kind of a flowing conversation uh, mm -hmm. when you have a couple people in chat and you're talking. Uh, so you're more just kind of responding to what you see in the chat box uh, when you're having a conversation. Um, otherwise, if the if the chat's not really too active, which usually it's not, because uh, I think I'm, I think I have somewhere between like 15 and 20 followers and there might be like one or two people in the chat uh, at any given time if I just hit the live button and just start playing. Right. Uh, but it, it's, it, yeah, like a, it's something new and something I'm trying just to, you know, give myself a reason to play video games again instead of, you know, just killing time. Um, it's a way for me to do do what I like and also interact with people uh, from the comfort of my home. Well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like what I do here on a podcast is like instead of just now, I feel like if I'm watching a movie, oh, well, I'm going to record a podcast. So it's like no longer just being lazy and watching a movie. I'm I'm making something of it. Yeah, I, at least I convince myself, <laughs> <laughs> try to convince myself. But this that. is a trick job hobby thing right you know and there's people who are on twitch i assume just like youtube and, and and tiktok and stuff that monetize it and make money and you know have huge uh fan bases and i mean i think about like when i was a kid we would all sit in a room and if someone was like really good you'd watch you stand or sit behind them as they're beating like the final level in a game that you yeah. know and it was everybody cheer along and watch and get tense and it's just, it's equivalent of that but people can watch from all around the world now using the technology to do that yeah, it's it's really fascinating uh, because I I think and like you said with your with your podcast when you when you watch a movie and you think oh I could I I want to talk about this it's a way for you to kind of share something you're interested in or something you're passionate about but without literally just like going up to someone at work and just being like hey I. I saw this movie from like 1986 right. last night. You, you know, do you want to, do you want to talk about, about it, it now? <laughs> right. Cause they willingly have to click like on your stream to watch it or click on play on my podcast to listen to it. It's, it's by choice. I'm not forcing it on them where a casual conversation, which I do at my work all the time. Anyways, I could record a podcast every day when I get to work and tell my boss about a movie he doesn't care about, but um, you know, he just has to put up with it. He hired me. So that's, 
Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah, and and I would also assume you you get along with your coworkers and you probably have some kind of similar interests where I, you know, my uh my my one coworker um where where I work right now, I only have one coworker. Uh and he's in his mid 50s. So he's, you know, not someone I'm going to talk to talk to about video games. Yeah, my, I, I'm the only employee at my work. I have two bosses that are um, my dad's age, but my boss is sort of um, a child at heart. Um, he watches, I mean, he doesn't have any kids, so he watches a lot of movies and TV series. And he has, um, what is the the thing you put over, the virtual reality thing? Um, yeah. Oh, the uh, the Oculus? Yes, he has an Oculus. So he's like, He's a cool, like sixty-five-year-old. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got hear, a good one. He's actually like ahead of me in, in a lot of ways on as far as that tech goes. Where he's like telling me about some of that new stuff because, and maybe it's a little bit of the um, the cost. And I I know my addictive personality, and that's sort of why I've stayed away from gaming. Because obviously, you've been to our house, you've seen how much I like movies, and I cannot just like things i have to make them an obsession um I, it's like oh i want a podcast i better get all the microphones and all the mm-hmm. yeah and and you know nikki knows that more than anybody well it it was kind of it was kind of like that too uh for video games if you if you collect things i i at one point tried to collect all the original uh game boy games oh, yeah. uh and I made it about halfway and then ran into some financial problems. Ha- uh, there's a little over 500 and I think I made it to about like two, 247 uh, unique titles. Okay, cool. And as far as that goes, I mean, I'm always comparing things to movies. Are there like, is there such a thing as like bootleg Game Boy cartridges? Like did people ever... Because I know now with like chiptune music and stuff, people buy like Nintendo cartridges or they buy different things and they'll put their music on it as like a boutique, like sort of hipster cool thing. But did people ever make like before disc, did they ever make bootleg games? Uh, I would say the the problem with bootleg games uh, as far like in in retro, the retro resale market is probably worse than ever right now. Uh, because the fakes are actually getting better and more convincing. Uh, whereas in the past, a you could spot a a forgery pretty easily. So it's it's actually getting worse as time goes on. Yeah, I remember um, my brother when he was like I said when he was in college, he modded. I think it was a PlayStation Two. I can't remember, but he put on like a cool like outer shell that you could see through it was like clear so he made our playstation clear and then he made it so it could read like all regions of the game so you could order them from outside the country and he came home from college and he had this game um where uh earmuffs for little kids it was like a porn game and basically you had like a woman and you chose like what toy to use on her and i was like why do you have this he's like oh you can just like burn games from the internet now and he would he had a, like a desktop computer and he would download somehow these games and put them on a disc and you could put them in the PlayStation and actually play them. And it, there was like some unreleased games. There was like a some kind of fighting game that was like never released, uh, like Thrill Kill or something. Um, 
just you know it was like the wild west when he came back from college and was like look at this shit i'm like oh that never existed on anything before this Hmm. yeah like the uh piracy uh with um that i remember working at gamestop uh right around i want to say 2007 to 2010 and we actually had to have training on how to spot uh, modded consoles mm. uh, because there were there was uh, penalties that GameStop could face if uh, they were found to be selling like uh, consoles that had their uh, warranties voided because mm-hmm. uh, you had to want, you had to open it of course to do any modifications to it but that also broke like a warranty seal right uh so we had to we had to watch out for stuff like that and that was something um with uh with consoles now having hard drives you could just store all those programs and modifications just as a program on the hard drive so it kind of made it easier uh for those mods to come about because that's not really something you would do with like a a cartridge-based system right uh like you would probably just mod the you could mod the the console to re uh read cartridges from other regions because mm-hmm. they were actually physically shaped differently uh but that's you know taking like a a saw and just making the cartridge slot <laughs> like two inches wider or something like that right like um, physically modding it yeah but yeah the the world of modding uh consoles was something i i just kind of stayed away from um you know i i dabbled in piracy of course like everyone pretty much in in their mom downloaded an emulator to play nintendo games on their computer oh yeah so um where can people find you on twitch uh scotto s-c-o-t-t-o underscore rocket um like i said i, I have an irregularly irregular streaming schedule i just pretty much stream whenever i have some free time uh i mostly play retro nintendo super nintendo nintendo 64 i've been playing a lot of uh star fox lately okay. uh, for nintendo 64 so uh chances are if you check me out uh the next time i stream i'm probably playing playing some nintendo 64 Okay, well, that's a great transition because even though we've been talking about it for probably 20 minutes now, we should get to today's topic. Now, we talked back and forth about some different ideas, maybe some different movies, but I couldn't get away from the idea of uh, doing retro gaming. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, that is the theme song from one of my staples from my childhood on the original NES, which was Excite Bike. Um, when I reached out to you, Scott, and said, like, hey, maybe we should do gaming. How can we do this? Because this is my first gaming episode. I don't think it will be my last. I uh, I could totally do like a um, what's the the Conan series? Uh, idiot, Clueless Gamer. Clueless Gamer. Yeah, <laughs> I could totally do many episodes of that with. Um, the newer systems because I get so flustered and frustrated when I play new games. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. But um, man, like when we we went back and forth, I was like, 
how about I play? My mom had a she somehow for some. My mom was was really 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 into gaming back in the day, um, and so we 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 had a subscription to Nintendo Power. We had every system, um, every Nintendo system, even through Wii. I think my mom doesn't have a Switch, but she's bought every single one up until the Wii, um, and she always had to get them like at release date. And we had to fight my mom to play so. Um, she, she got one of these NES minis when they released them. It's been like five, six years ago now already. Um, yeah, they were, they were really hard to find, but we found her one. She got it and she had it at the house. And I was like, it's literally collecting dust. Do you mind if I take it to the house? She's like, no. So I thought it'd be sort of fun to go through some of these old games that I've somehow missed out on, haven't played. Cause I figure, you know, most of them, um, know a lot more about them than I do. Um, and so I, I would sort of play some Nikki played some, we can talk about our, um, memories on gaming, some of our favorites, but, uh, I just wanted to start with excite bike because, um, as a kid, for some reason, that was my favorite, I think, cause I could build tracks and I always wanted to like, I always rode my BMX bike and that's, this was like pretty close to that, but I played it last night, I think, or maybe the night before for the first time in a very long time. And I'm like this sucks i'm not, I'm not like oh, why did i like this i mean it's, it doesn't suck that's harsh but um i can't believe i liked it so much because it's just so like tedious it's just literally just driving in a straight line there's i mean it, i guess it was better when i had like my brother or sister to play against but playing it by myself i'm just going down a track and you have to watch your speed or you can overheat your engine i'm like why did they add that I, they have to add some i guess some kind of um challenge challenge to it but i'm like god it's a video game why am i overheating but anyways um yeah that was that was one that for some reason i loved like nikki what was one of your favorites growing up would you say like my my favorite game was super mario world on the super nintendo okay that's like my game i like beat beat it like three times <laughs> yeah on on super nintendo yeah that was sort of like the original nintendo came out what mid 80s scott yeah uh 85 okay so i was born 85 so i grew up with it in the household my parent my obviously my mom played zelda a lot star tropics a lot um my brother was is older so he played a lot but i think the super nintendo was sort of like my first like system that was like yeah. cool and it came new. out something like 90 scott probably knows i was gonna say when does when did the super nintendo come out maybe late 1990 for sure at least 1991 mm -hmm. yeah so that was like when we were at least me and nikki how old are you scott when were you born uh i'm going on 35 i was okay. born uh 87 okay so you're in the same age range so mm -hmm that was sort of our generation's like new system yeah back before they came out with you know a new iteration every couple of years but i remember being at a friend's house because we we didn't actually own a nintendo but my dad had well first he had a restaurant and he had a little arcade and um that's where i learned how to play like super mario brothers and pac-man um and then he had a video video rental store where you could rent Nintendo games and then you could either rent 
a Nintendo and like some nights when no one's renting the Nintendo, my dad would bring it home. Uh-oh. And oh. my mom hated hooking that <laughs> stupid thing up all the time because it was so complicated. And you had to get back behind the TV. Yes. Yep. And um I could just imagine I've seen your mom mad. I could just <laughs> picture her getting pissed about your dad to bring home the Nintendo. <laughs> and um and then I remember being at a friend's house like a Super Nintendo. And that was what? like a big jump up. I mean, yeah. now, now there's, I mean, obviously there's a jump up when they introduce a new uh, system, but it feels like it was back then the jump was significant. Like, oh, the cartridge just sits up top. Like you just put it, in, uh-huh. you don't have to close the little door. You don't have to blow on it. It has, uh, you know, more buttons. It has a, the buttons on the top of the controller. Yeah. Holy shit, two more buttons now. But- or maybe more. Was there four more buttons yeah but, i'm thinking but i remember that christmas santa not my parents santa brought me a super nintendo and it probably came did the original one come with like super mario brothers probably um super mario world yeah okay that was i yeah it came with okay cool so yeah i uh i did get a uh, super nintendo uh i did not get my super nintendo until uh christmas 95 okay um so i was i was actually very late to the uh, super nintendo party as a kid um mine came with the uh super mario world super mario all-stars combo cartridge so it had all it had all the games on on one i had that too but we had to buy that separate i think i don't know it's a it's a rare one now uh because if they did sell it separately, it was probably very limited, uh, and most of them just existed Maybe as a that's pack. Maybe with mine. I don't know. I just know I got that game when I got the Super Nintendo. Was that probably <laughs> like pretty revolutionary? It's, it's it's like multiple games on one. Yeah. One cartridge. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because on uh, on the NES, the, there were uh, cartridges that did have multiple games on it but they usually weren't very uh, high quality. Uh, So for Nintendo themselves to put out this uh, Mario compilation, uh, which was basically, it was Mario 1, 2, and 3, and then the uh, Japanese version of Super Mario 2, Mm. uh, which is a whole separate crazy story of how that came to be. Uh, But they they had updated graphics uh, to fit the Super Nintendo. And then they put them all on one cartridge. They sold that game separately. But then with the Super Nintendo, they also added in Super Mario World onto the cartridge and then packed that in. So you had five games on one cartridge. And that seems like something our poor family would like. Like, (laughs) well, looking back, it's so funny. I, I, you know, I shared a bedroom with my brother and a bunk bed my sister had a bedroom my parents slept in a living room like we were so like we had a two-bedroom house and we had three kids um they had like the couch that folded out into a a bed like a hide a bed and uh but i think it was just a matter of priorities because my we always had the newest gaming system we had stacks and stacks of nintendo power i'm like maybe spend a little bit of that money on a fucking house mom and dad (laughs) um (laughs) You know, it's like we're sleeping on top of each other, but we got the newest gaming system. So uh, we never went on vacation either. So, you know, I, you know, you take some, you you, you give some, I guess. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I can remember like, you know, obviously Super Nintendo. I remember it was a big deal that 
I we obviously with two siblings, I, we had to share games, but each of us had like our own game, too. And one Christmas I got um, I think it was Super Punch Out. Um, and I, my, I think my brother got Unis. What was the unicycle one? Uniracers or something? Uniracers. Yeah, he got that, and um, I felt like I got the way better gift. Um, of course, yeah. we were allowed to play each other's, but um, I thought Super Punch Out was way cooler. It, and I forget what my sister would get, but she we'd always completely fuck her because she would ask for something, and then we convince my mom that she wanted something that we wanted, so she would, they would buy her something, and we would end up using it. <laughs> including i think a playstation 2 yeah one year we convinced my mom my sister wanted a playstation 2 and uh grand theft auto was vice city on that one yeah <laughs> yeah and my mom literally went out and bought it and then she like my sister opened it was like what is this and my brother like yoink take it right out of her hand hooks it up They're like hell yeah happy birthday we, we got a playstation 2 now <laughs> oh my God. poor middle sister always got uh screwed when it came to that stuff having a younger brother and an older brother that would just convince my mom. But uh, what what would you say are like your top? Uh, this is a big thing. So don't don't feel too much pressure, Scott. But like top five NES games. Um, I've long maintained that my all time favorite game at any console is uh, Super Mario Brothers three. OK, uh, so that would, of course, top the list. Um, as far as the the other four, um, I would definitely put the original Super Mario Brothers in there because um, that that's just a classic. Like that's, I would say everyone has their their comfort show, mm-hmm. um, and although like Mario Three is my favorite game, I would say the original Super Mario Brothers is my my comfort game. Uh, so if if I'm in a in a bad mood, if if I'm feeling depressed, I can pop on Super Mario Brothers, play it for 15 minutes, half an hour. I'm good. Hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that's the opposite for Nikki last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's it, the only reason it's easy for me to play um, is because I've kept it in my kind of in my everyday life um Is like, it like muscle you, memory for you now <laughs> absolutely um i can't say i can play it blindfolded but i i know where all the secrets are um every time i play it, i i use the same warps to get to the end of the game in a in a quick fashion mm-hmm. i've i've never timed myself if you know i'd say if i if i were to time myself i could probably beat the game in 10 to 15 minutes. Um, the world record is just under five minutes. That's incredible. Um, I've watched some of those videos and I just, I'm like, this isn't possible. Oh yeah. It's, it's nothing that I'll likely ever come close to replicating. Uh, it's, it's just insane how some speedrunners just have every little trick down pat. And if they just put all those tricks together and pull them off successfully in one run, uh, f- four minutes and 55 seconds, I think, is right the record right now. Maybe 454. Yeah, no way in hell for me. Uh, I, I don't even know if I could beat the first level in that amount of time. But I'm not. Obviously, these people 
you know, practice and, and do this over and over and over again. And it's like muscle memory to them too. Have you actually tried some of that? Like, like running only with super Mario brothers. And I've, I've quickly figured out that I do have a, a physical limit as far as pulling those tricks off. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, if there's, you know, 30, what's it? 30 frames in every second. Um, as far as like video goes, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, 30 is standard, I think, and 60 is like, you know, like now, like that, that's sort of like the high def type thing, but yeah, 30. Yeah. And generally, the, the retro games are going to be at like you're playing it at 30 frames per second. Right. Some of the tricks have to be frame perfect, um, for you to pull them off. Uh, and that's hitting a button on a, on the controller uh, in that 30 frame window at the exact right moment, the exact right frame. And that's not something I, I know I can do. It's not something I'm that that's see, that's where the the stress of the challenge would come in for me. Right. Um, it would no longer be enjoyment. Yeah, I I wouldn't I don't really enjoy the idea of trying to speed run the game. Like, of course I can beat it quicker relatively relative to most people that I know, but I'm, I'm not really interested in trying to push my limit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, you have nothing to prove. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, my friends think I'm cool when I play super Mario brothers. Yeah. They're, they're impressed so that's good enough for me <laughs> like it's weird because i remember when like twitch first became a thing and every old boomer was like why do kids like watching other kids play games or why do, i mean it's the same thing as why do people like watching other people in boxing and it's like dude have you ever watched like somebody i mean it's just like a sport like you said earlier and and so like watching people do that shit well, like is, you said like growing up we would watch each other play games and right, like someone was really good it's like whoa well watching you last night was like the, <laughs> my favorite thing like not just because you were like you know you're getting really into it but it's just like the not just the anger but the joy like you were having so much fun and yeah i was like i can't believe i'm remembering all like yeah that this specific little thing where you can go behind the bushes yeah or just like this one has like the star this cube thing yeah. block. Or, or like this this <laughs> hidden block that has a music note on it will yeah. send me into the sky little things like that where it's like <laughs> weird how kids from our generation um you know we have we can go 20 years without touching it and it's it just snaps right back in i can't remember yeah. like a person's name i met yesterday <laughs> But I remember that shit's ingrained in your brain because for, at some point that was important to like your formative years. Like, yeah, I yeah, I was I was gonna say learning learning those tricks at one point in your life was the most important thing. Like, <laughs> like when when you're playing through Super Mario Brothers uh, early on, you have to know where all those hidden one ups are if yeah. you're gonna beat the game because there's no possible way you can only do it on three lives. Yeah. So, and, and it's funny, like back then there was no internet to learn this. But there was Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. Absolutely. You, oh, okay. If you if you had the the magazines that that taught you all the tricks, that that's where everyone learned the tricks. And then everyone had, you know, that friend who had a uncle. 
that had a friend that worked at Nintendo and he <laughs> said you can unlock uh green Mario in Super Mario 64 and you're like isn't his name Luigi and he's like <laughs> shut up <laughs> No I, I do I just remember like we had this it just brings back like floods of weird memories we had this like really sort of shitty entertainment center at the house and maybe a 27 inch tube tv and underneath it had these two wooden doors that opened like a cupboard and literally hundreds of nintendo power because you get one you know oh. it was a subscription and and my brother and mom you know they would go through and it would be like they even had the um what were the the guides that would like you'd buy one specifically for a game you could buy like yeah. a, a zelda one and my brother would sit next to my mom like uh cross-legged on the floor or we had beanbag chairs all over the floor and um my brother would be reading like things to my mom while she's playing and it's like you know sort of sort of cool to like remember like a time when my mom and brother (laughs) got along over (laughs) they bonded over a video game out of all Uh things uh you know and it's like it's cool. Like my, you know, at the time, like my friends would come over and be like, your mom plays games. It's like, dude, my mom, like we'd all have our saved, you know, games on Zelda. And it's like, mom has the mom's gotten the furthest already. Like we had the gold cartridge one, uh, you know, and I remember the boxes and we'd keep all the boxes and organize them on the shelf. Like, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Remember on the regular, like the original Nintendo that we would rent, like it was a Looney Tunes game that was so hard for me and my older sister, Christy. And my mom would pretty much just have like we just watch her play it because we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> was your mom good? Yeah. yeah. It's weird to think because I'm like, it's like you oh, like this. these She's... old people. But back then, our moms were young. Yeah. It's our like, moms are like, all right, God like, damn this it. This game's too hard for us. Mom, you play. It's like it defeats the whole purpose of <laughs> the kids playing the game. Like, this is too hard. You do it. Right. Like, it's like her cooking me dinner or something. Like, can you beat this level for me? Right. <laughs> My sister was in. She's listening to this. Sorry, Jessica, but you were never good at gaming. Uh, <laughs> she would. She had a, a she had it rough being the girl in the middle because we would all play baseball. She was known as the strikeout queen uh she was not good at that she tried riding bikes she hurt herself uh she tried gaming not so great at that it's like she just needed to find her own thing eventually she did but um i just think about that like i was not necessarily great either my brother was always sort of like ahead of it as far as i go and he still is like he still does some gaming and stuff and um you know now i'm sort of just on like i think the last thing i did was like friday the 13th the game because i could play it on my nvidia shield um And that was a lot of fun, but it's not because of like I'm into gaming is because it was Friday 13th and it was based on a property that I love and I had to play it. So um, what what, what else would be in your top five, Scott? Uh, So funny enough, uh, there's a game actually on the uh, NES Mini that we uh, referenced earlier uh, called Punch Out. Yeah. Um, When I was a kid. we had uh mike tyson's punch out um and a uh the only difference between mike tyson's punch out and the version that came out after they they took off the mike tyson's licensing um was this uh little 8-bit digitized image of mike tyson on the title screen and 
because the graphics were so crude, like his his eyes were just like just white. <laughs> and he had the, you know, the the tooth, the you know, teeth missing in a smile. Right. He just looked so creepy and it would scare the holy hell out of me every time I saw it. <laughs> up until up until I was in eighth grade. Uh I, you know, people people used to play tricks on me um because the way the game starts up it's a black screen and you hear like the ring bell ding 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 and then the and then the screen pops up so people would mute the tv turn the game on and then all of a sudden it's just right there <laughs> mike tyson's face looking at you oh god <laughs> i have i had nightmares about it <laughs> It just, oh no. Oh, it just, it was. And then in eighth grade, just one day, I was like, I'm going to face my fear. I'm going to look him dead in the eye and I'm not going to be scared of it. And I turned the game on. I, you know, I had goosebumps. All the hairs on my arm are, are you know, what I had in eighth grade at least were standing <laughs> up. And it turned out to be one of the best games I had played to that point. Um, and it still, it still is uh, just a great, it, it's a boxing game. And you'd think with boxing uh, in NES boxing game, you just, you know, mash buttons and try and punch, 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 punch. But it's actually quite deep as far as, you know, recognizing the patterns of your opponent, kind of, kind of like in real boxing, if you can, you know counter and yeah yeah if you can find a tell with your opponent you can take advantage of it i've never actually beat the game i've never beat mike tyson himself uh but it, it's again one of those games i can just sit down and play and it's a really good mix of challenge but also again that muscle memory where i know what to do on you know, the first six or seven opponents. So I can, it's like muscle memory. Well, that's I, what I was actually going to ask you. I have it right here in my notes because when I pull up this retro NES, it's punch out featuring Mr. Dream. And when I look online, it says, um, you know, Mike Tyson's punch out. And I'm like, is this like the wish version of punch out? They put on the, the NES <laughs> mini, like usually when they get licensing, you know, and of course that was one of the things with the NES mini is like, what licenses does Nintendo actually own versus what was made by another studio or, you know, whatever. Um, but what's the story? Why, why was it Mike Tyson's punch out? And now it's punch out featuring Mr. Dream. So the story behind it is actually pretty fascinating because there's a big misconception that Nintendo took his name off the game because of his uh, court case um, where he was. I, I don't he's, remember. He's a rapist, he, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't honestly, I don't remember if he was accused or convicted, um, but um, just the timing of the contract he had with Nintendo kind of the end of that kind of coincided uh, with the result of that court case. So it was just a matter of Nintendo saying, we're just not going to renew. It's not worth um, it to them financially to renew it. We can do it without him, basically. Yeah, they were still manufacturing copies of the game. 
it the game came out in 1987 um and then i must have been a three-year contract because the Mr. Dream version uh, came out in 1990. Okay. Um, so it was just a matter of them just continuing to make and manufacture the game um, just without uh, Mike Tyson. But yeah, it was it was just coincidental timing, but that's the actual story behind it. They just chose not to renew the contract um, after that happened. It was probably um, like uh, a happy accident on their part, like good timing, because, you know, even if his license was still on there, they probably had a decision to make, and it probably made their decision a lot easier to not renew when uh, he's he's in the news for negative things like that. Yeah, the, like they if it had happened within, you know, the first year the game came out, it probably wouldn't have been, you know, a little more difficult for them. But the fact that it was right near the end of the contract you know, they probably still could have canceled it, but it was so close to the end. They just let it run out and decided not to renew. Well, I remember, like I said, um, I, I got a copy of Super Punch-Out for Super Nintendo for one of my birthdays or Christmas, and I was really good at that. Um, and I, I did beat that, and I was better. It was like the first game I was better at than my mom and brother. Um, and it was, again, because like you sort of mentioned, once you figure out, their tell and their timing and how to dodge each each individual boxer in the game has a very specific oh, something fell a very Whoa. specific <laughs> set of uh stuff like a set of um offense like punches and in a certain kind of way they box and once you figure it out it's actually you just got to remember it and time it and figure it out and once you have them figured out it's pretty easy to beat them but it's the thing of figuring them out. And so when I played punch out the original on the NES mini for the first time, I was like, Oh, this is very, very similar. Even the characters they transported over are very, very similar. Like the first guy is very, um, very, very easy to beat and they get, get harder and harder, but they have like King hippo. And I, I forget what he was in super punch out, but the same type of character where uh, you couldn't, his belly was like his, weakness so if you hit his head and he would open up his belly and hit the belly that was like you know a, a huge a huge deal or if you knocked him down he couldn't get back up because he's so big um but i can see why that one's one of your favorites just because um i've played like playing all these on the, the nes like comparing this to temco bowl holy shit it's like night and day but i'm sure they came out different times but it's like Temco Bowl, I I remember watching people play it. I tried to play it last night or the night before, and I'm like, this is truly unbearable. After like three plays, I can't do this. This is taking so long. It's so boring. But but punch out, man. Like I could I sat and played it for like two hours. You know, it was like I got up to the um Middle Eastern. I forget his the the I mean they're all racist like stereotypes <laughs> of, of characters, let's be honest and, and put that out there. Um, each each boxer has like a very racist stereotypical thing he can do in this one could like he's been into like a tornado. Um, he wore a turban. You know who I'm talking about? Great Tiger. Yes, Great Tiger, even a racist name. But um, I got to him <laughs> and I could not like the tornado thing. I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, I really wanted to get on my phone and just look it up and figure out how to do it. But I'm like, no, that that's literally, it's like ask Nikki asking her mom, like yeah, beating this guy. I'm like in 84, I didn't have a, or 85 or whatever. I didn't have a phone. I had Nintendo power maybe, but um, 
I highly doubt they told me how to beat the uh, tiger guy. So I was like, you know what? I, I feel pretty proud that, you know, my first sit down on this game, I got pretty far um, and figured out like, I think there was one guy. Oh, the, the hippo was like one of the hardest to figure out his, his give is like when he raised his hand and opened his mouth, he had to hit him on the jaw, which was short to fall down. He hit him on the bandaged stomach. Okay. I figured it out, but that was a tough one. I was like, I could not hit him for shit. And then I'm like, Finally got him once. I'm like, oh, I see his weakness, but I love that one. Yeah. Uh, how I figured that out when I was younger, when uh, he uh, when he opens his mouth, you you punch him in the mouth and that's when his pants drops mm-hmm. uh, and exposes his weak belly that you just, you know, rumble some punches in there. Uh, when I was younger, I was playing with a friend and when we hit him in the mouth and we saw it did damage finally oh yeah we finally found a weak spot we didn't know that you would then have his belly exposed to to rock some punches in there on him so we beat him literally only hitting just head. only hitting getting that one shot in on his mouth and you had to 32 times mm. and he doesn't always do that um because he'll throw some punches and he won't always give you that open. So sometimes we would, we would just beat him on a, um, you can actually go to a judge's decision. Um, if the fight goes, it's rare. Um, especially if you've played the game before, um, and you, you kind of know all the fights and stuff, but yeah, there actually is a, uh, after three rounds, a judge's decision, and it's basically whoever has more health or whoever got knocked down the least. Um, but yeah, I would beat him on decision. And then once I found out, you could just punch him in the stomach. I was, oh my it's God. A game this, changer, literally. Yeah, I can I can beat him in like 50 seconds now. Have you? Did you ever play Super Punch-Out on Super Nintendo? I did, uh, but not until... Um, I was in college and I was emulating uh, NES and Super Nintendo games on a uh, on a laptop. Uh, I never actually played it on Super Nintendo, like a real physical Super Nintendo, uh, just on my computer. And then when I got the mini Super Nintendo, uh, that's when I started playing it again. Well, because it, this episode, I started looking up like the mini Super Nintendos. I'm like, oh, they're expensive, too. Damn it. Yeah, that was that was uh with the original uh mini and then the super nintendo mini like people were just buying those up and then reselling them i honestly got lucky uh getting the ones i did because it was we had to jump through some hoops uh to to even get in line to get one right yeah i remember the uh frenzy over those and the wii and obviously the new gaming systems it's just crazy how it's become i don't remember that when we were kids but maybe it was like that but uh no super punch out was a blast um and i just remember that with the addition of was it the l and r buttons on the top on the nintendo um those would trigger the either like your your when you're on super punch out you and you gain up to the point where like you would have a star basically sort of like Mario's version of a star you could either do one big huge uppercut that would almost like knock them down with one or you could do where you tap it twice and he would do left right left right left right like um hooks and it was like 
oh man, that was so cool when you would like get, you'd be lighting somebody up and then you tap that and you would land like a 20 hit combo on them. And I sort of would do that, like running thing on that game with like, I think the first very first character was Gabby J. He's this old, like gray hair man. And I, I I beat him in seven seconds. He looks like a shop teacher. Yes. He sort of looked like Like, grandpa in Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like just a gray hair, bushy mustache doesn't look like he belongs anywhere near a boxing ring and you're just a 17 year old kid hopping in there to beat him up it's not even fair no and i like i said i remember when i got beat that game so many times it would almost be like 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 probably like you with mario it was just like a comfort thing it was just fun to like sit down and do it um but i remember just wanting a challenge. So I, I would go through and see how fast I could beat them. And I beat Gabby J in seven seconds and no one in my household ever beat that. So I still hold that record in the good household. Yeah. I, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I don't think my best time ever, ever came close to that. Yeah. So let's take a quick break to hear from the prescribed film podcast network. Um, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about gaming. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back from our break. And during our break, I uh, I guess Scott got some uh, Nintendo news he wanted to share with us. Yeah, so, you know, we've been talking about Nintendo and Super Nintendo a lot. Um, and the Nintendo Switch actually has these little apps uh, uh, available for the online subscribers, which is their uh, kind of like their version of Xbox Live. But they have these Nintendo and Super Nintendo apps and they each have like 30 to 40 games on them right now. Uh, they just added uh, a couple games today um, to each one. Um, Dig Dug 2 and Mappy Land for NES and Earthworm Jim 2 for Super Nintendo. <laughs> Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Classic. Um, I, I, I remember... Um not to interrupt you but just like remembering like some of these very um strange characters yeah earthworm jim this is something i haven't heard in a long time yeah i'm actually pretty excited for for that one that's one i haven't played uh since i was 10 maybe uh so i i think once we're done here um i might actually uh check that out so they're available like right now. They're not just announcing like they're coming later, but they're out there now. Uh, let me see for sure. As I say, yep. Like, uh, the the tweet says now live. Oh, that's cool. I thought it was like really cool. I think, like I said, one of the last systems we bought was like a Wii, and I remember when they started adding some of the retro Nintendo games on there, and mm-hmm. that was really cool because. Uh, I think we still have some like I fired up the Wii because someone was going to buy our big CRT TV and 
um, I, I fired it up. I'm like, oh, I forgot we had some of these games on because um, I would say outside of maybe Super Punch-Out, my favorite game of all time would probably be Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And that was on Super Nintendo. And I think you could get that on Wii and play it on there, like download it and play it on the Wii. But I still had my original copy um, of that and NBA Jam. Like I, oh God, like even outside, like even when we were college age, we would have people when we worked at Shopco, we'd have people over the house and do like, we'd literally play NBA Jam for hours Mm -hmm. to the point where uh, one time our friend's, girlfriend came over with him and she was like staring us down she's like do not we are not doing nba jam again we are not playing it if you turn that on i am walking out right now i'm leaving and we're just like staring at her and i remember john slowly (laughs) reaching his hand out and this is a podcast so you can't see what i'm doing but i'm slowly reaching my hand out and he flipped it on and she (laughs) turned around and she stormed out the door and he's like see ya like, like NBA Jam was more important in his relationship. NBA Jam over hosts. Yeah, NBA Jam tournament edition. Uh, <laughs> and we would get fiercely competitive. We had all the cheats. You could get the big heads and you could do all kinds of fun shit. You'd get weird characters. You could add characters. Oh, man. That, that like I said, and Zombies Ate My Neighbors were my jam. I would say my two favorite games of all time. Yeah. I, uh, one, if if your girl doesn't support the... Uh, the big time NBA jam tournament, then yeah, you know, get, get to stepping. Uh, cause NBA jam, like, ah, oh, that, that was one of my early introductions to, to sports games and, and the NBA actually, if we're being honest, that that's when I discovered basketball was He's NBA jam. He's on fire. <laughs> Boom. Shakalaka. Heck yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I just remember like my brother, he would get the uh, the Utah Jazz, you know, John Stockton, Carl Malone combo. I always I'm trying to think of who I went for. Um, you know, obviously the the Bulls were popular because you could you'd always try to find a team with at least three good players because you want to switch one out at, at halftime. Uh, yeah, it's just because you would have injuries. I would get I mean, you could get physical on there. I was a bully. I, I mean, people hated playing with me because. I would run people over, steal the balls, dunk and get on fire. And then there's no fucking stopping me. There is no. And, and then it just got to the point where people got sick of playing against me. But that I think the thing with the girlfriend, I can't quite blame her because, I mean, this was something we would do. We'd work oh, eight hours, time. come home and just play it until the sun came up and then go back to work. It was just like <laughs> it, it was a problem. It was just what we did to fill time. If we weren't watching Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> And this, oh. we're just reliving, you know, our childhood as adults. This was not like we weren't playing NBA Jam when it was cool. We were yeah. playing it 10 years later because we found the Super Nintendo in my mom's basement and we hooked it up to the TV and it was just a thing we did all the time. It was so much fun. I remember the Summer of Guts. Oh, yes. We just watched so much Guts. <laughs> yeah. Even though we knew the results every time the girls would lose. <laughs> Sorry, but they would always like get stuck in the boat or uh, couldn't get up the aggro crag or whatever. They just, you know. Yeah, but, you know, they always went home with a pair of, you know, the boys version of the BK British Knight shoes yes. Yes. <laughs> or or a Nintendo or a, a mongoose mountain bike or something. Yeah, they always got some kind of cool consolation prize. Or nerds. Yeah, nerds candy. 
You Remember just that get... being a prize for one? It's like you get nerds. You get it's a like, nerd. Oh. You get a nerd's rope. You traveled all the way to Orlando and you get to take a nerd's rope home or something. Oh my god! That's the first time I ever saw the nerd's rope was as the prize on some kind of Nickelodeon game show, yeah. and I we could not find the nerd's rope anywhere. It I thought it only existed as a, a, a double dare prize or whatever it was. <laughs> but where where where's the nerd's rope? Why do these kids get it? Do I have to be on double dare to, to get? You the have nerd to rope? lose on double dare to get it. <laughs> the winners yeah, don't you, get the nerd's rope. Yeah. What what a yeah. Uh, I'd rather have the nerd's rope than space camp. Oh, I wanted to go to space camp or whatever. Who didn't want to go to space or, camp? Um, yeah. That was it, the coolest. Moon shoes, whatever. <laughs> oh, right. the 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 little trampoline shoes. Yeah. yeah, you break your ankles on. They're all like now you can just go to any yard sale anywhere in the Midwest at any time and find find a pair. I uh, the I always wanted to try those. I I was always curious how how those actually. I think they're like the thing like when the rubber bands worked right when you got them, they're pretty cool. And then those things like if you if you wore them for a week straight, they were pretty much blown out. Oh, your feet would touch the ground like rubber just doesn't, you know, wouldn't stand up to a lot of play. I think some kids in my neighborhood had them and it's one of those things like a pogo stick. It's fun until you break your teeth out and then you stop playing. Yeah, just a you know a, a a cheap toy that you you wore out right I, you know they they saw you coming they <laughs> they you know hey it's it's plastic and rubber bands you know we'll we'll sell it to kids for for 50 bucks <laughs> i mean and they got your money what do you what are you going to do buy another pair for your kid no but right. you know you got you got your two weeks of fun yep that's for sure um, one game that I played that I have somehow completely missed through my entire life of gaming. One character I I can recognize on on cue. I mean, he's a household name. Kirby's Adventure. Ooh, are you a Kirby guy? Uh, I am a Kirby guy. Um, not I. I <clears throat> not. I wouldn't say he's my favorite of the Nintendo characters, but all the games in the Kirby franchise are generally very well polished. So even though, you know, he's this cute pink ball of fluff and I'd have no reason to really be enamored by him. Otherwise, the games are fun enough on their own um, to where I would say he's among my, you know, top 10 favorite Nintendo characters. But so uh, what is Kirby? The character himself or the game? Well, the character, like, what is that thing? Is there is there any kind of explanation as to what he is? Is it a he? Am I assuming Kirby's gender? Yeah, I I believe he's always been referred to as he. Okay. Um, I I don't I don't think he has an actual like race or species. (laughs) Um, But also, depending on what game you play, he's also not like unique. Uh, like there are other Kirby creatures who also might also be called Kirby. I don't know. I that is his species. Yeah, species. That's that's one iceberg. Uh, I never really <laughs> dove down to explore. Um, I as far as Kirby goes, like I I know he has like he has the ability to inhale his enemies, 
and then copy their powers. Hmm. Like that's that's what he does. So if you encounter some kind of fire enemy, you suck him up and then now you can breathe fire. And you said that when we were talking a little bit before recording that there's a new Kirby out. Is it like the same old? I mean, obviously updated graphics and controls and stuff, but is he still like the same um, idea of Kirby? Like he still does the same basic functions. He's he's just like a new uh, polished Kirby. Yeah, uh, like it's the look and feel like he's always stayed the same. He's always the the round pink ball pretty much but uh this is the first one where it's the world he's exploring is like in a 3d space um so like when super mario 64 that was the first full where you could kind of in a full 360 degree view kind of kind of explore the world and that's not something that had been uh introduced to the kirby franchise until this latest game that came out not even a week ago at the at this time um so there's a lot of excitement surrounding this game because it's kind of a a new a new way to play the kirby games but also have those kind of familiar abilities where you know he like i said inhales his enemies you gave their powers he he can puff himself up and he can float in the air for a little bit you have all those elements but it's always been from kind of a 2D side-scrolling view in the past, so this is the first time uh, gamers have had the opportunity to use those abilities, but uh, kind of explore the the world a little bit more. Um, well, how long I, has it been since the previous, like the last Kirby before this one? I mean, um, not like exact years, but like what system, I guess, has he because it seems crazy that this would be the first one where he can walk in the 3D world. It's like we've had yeah. that for a long time. Yeah, uh, there's there's been all kinds of like these little side uh, Kirby games, whether they be, you know, like a, a Kirby pinball game or there's some free to play games that came out on the Switch. Um that weren't like full fledged Kirby games. They were, you know, just little side uh, short games. Um, The last major Kirby game. I can't remember off the top of my head um, what the what the name of it even was, to be honest. Uh, They they've just come out in such a a flurry lately uh, between the side games and the main games. Um, hard, Hard for me to keep track. Uh, like I said, it's the Kirby series is one that I like, but it's not one that I I follow. Um, I'm o- it's only in my uh, current conscious right now because of the game that came out, um, the most recent one, uh, because it is so different from from what's been presented in the past. So, um, it, it's been a lot of fun so far, though. I've been really digging it. It whatever they tried to you know to see what sticks it it definitely works so am i is this like a a bad thing to say but like after i played kirby's adventure i'm like this reminds me he reminds me a lot of yoshi is that is that like am i going to get crucified by hardcore gamers if i say that compared i mean you would you definitely wouldn't be the first person to to make that comparison um okay and and their their abilities are pretty similar uh because Yoshi does have the ability to 
you know, swallow enemies and gain some kind of power from it. Um, but when Yoshi swallows an enemy, it just turns into an egg that he can throw. So he he turn turn turns his enemies into into poop that he throws basically yeah i got big vibes from just big yoshi vibes where i'm like but he's he's self-contained i mean like when they introduce yoshi into the mario world it's like this is the coolest you know riding yoshi is is there anything more fun but i thought i was actually very impressed by kirby's adventure like the, it's it's weird because you're playing them in, in the way i'm playing them is not the correct way because i'm playing them on a, a nintendo mini and i'm comparing games that came out, you know, very far apart. So they had the technology advanced very quickly. So I'm like playing this right after playing, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, this is like way like I can do way more stuff on this. You know, I can, he can fly, he can spit, he can he sucks people in. I'm like, this is actually like very advanced, like you said, very polished for an NES game. I was actually very impressed with it and found myself playing it out of everything sort of uh, new that I had played for the first time, this was my favorite. I would say Kirby's adventure was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as the games on the, the actual mini console goal goes and the overall, you know, releases for the uh, original Nintendo Kirby was one of the last games, uh, not, not the last, uh, but definitely one of one of the last to come out. So, and because it does have that Nintendo polish, you have all the years that developers have been working with the system up to that point, all the advancements and tricks they were able to pull off to be able to squeeze every little bit of processing power that the Nintendo had to create something, like you said, that looked wildly different from, you know, Super Mario Brothers, which came out, I think it's, what would it be seven, eight years before? Um, and that's something you don't see a lot on the modern consoles where one game that came out at the beginning of the of the console is vastly different to something that came out several years later. Um, like for the Switch, for example, one of the most technically impressive games is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That was a launch title uh, for the Switch. and for me personally, I don't think there's been a game that's been more impressive than that one um, that has come out since. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're at the point now where like they know their limitations and they're going to push them right to that. And, you know, it, it's sort of like you said, when they launch it, they they already know their limitations and and they're not going to be able to advance until they have a new system to play with. But um, there's just something about these retro games. I, I, I really liked Kirby's adventure. I I tried um, double dragon Two: the revenge that I remembered. Like when I started it, I'm like, Oh, I played this when I was a kid, Uh, maybe an arcade, actually an arcade console, but um, frustrating Ninja Gaiden. I don't know if it's just Nintendo mini, but um, I'd get my character to jump on like a sign or a wall to like climb up and then he would just get stuck there and I it would I'd had to restart the game. Um I think it was just like some kind of glitch or erroring out. Um I tried oh, uh go ahead. Uh, I was I was just gonna say uh that is intended. Uh he actually has the ability to uh cling onto the wall 
And in order to jump off, you have to hit the opposite direction and then your jump button. And then he will jump uh... off the wall. No, it's a glitch, Scott. It's <laughs> it's not me, okay? It's the, the yeah, retro <laughs> Nintendo was glitching. Um I played uh, false memory. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> no, I was like, I jump on the sign, I'm like, now what? I can't fucking move. This is this game sucks. Anyways, back <laughs> onto a different game. Um back to Kirby. <laughs> yeah, back to Kirby. Um uh Ghosts and Goblins, you you warned me that was very difficult. That lasted two seconds. Right past the title <laughs> screen, I died and I'm like this it looks the title screen's really cool as a guy who's in the horror. I'm like, Ghosts and Goblins, this is gonna be my favorite game. Instantly die. Never mind, new game. Um <laughs> Temco Bowl didn't love it, but I know it's a it's considered a classic, right? Like this is probably the first football game. It was uh so Tecmo Bowl was the the first game with the NFL licensing. Um so you can actually the, pick real teams, yeah. Yeah, you had the so older games, you know, if it had the NFL branding, it would have the city names, but it wouldn't have the teams. Uh, this one had the actual teams, the the logos, and then the follow up to this game had the uh, Players Association branding. So not only did you have the teams, uh, the cities, you also had player names as well. Yeah, I so, um, I, I don't know if it's just. I just don't know if the sport of football translate to video games very well. I think the only one I really remember enjoying it and it was only because it was like half football, half wrestling was NFL blitz. I think is what it was called, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that uh, in arcade form and maybe on N64 or something. But um, before that, I think, and I, even after that, if I try to play Madden now, which is more so saying something about me than the actual games. I'm sure they're very um, technical and, and I know they have tournaments and stuff, but I'm like, I can literally go out in my yard and throw a football to somebody, but I can't figure out how to throw a fucking football in this game. <laughs> uh, the, the Madden games uh, very recently passed me by. Uh, they, they've gotten very technically, technically impressive. Yes. Um, but there's just so many new things you can do in, in the midst of gameplay. Like it's no longer just move your quarterback around, hit a button to throw it to the receiver, guide that receiver into the touchdown. Right. Like there, there's now you can actually in the air, whether you're the receiver or the, uh, defensive back jump up into the air and you can actually like fight for the ball, like in the air, like try to get the angle on it and just things like that and it's i just i just want to hit a right to <laughs> throw a fly route you know that that's all i want out of my madden and that's if i wanted to get a football fix right now i probably would fire up nfl blitz yeah that i remember that being a ton of fun i mean when i i remember like bases loaded that's not on the nes original but we played a lot of that at, at home and i loved bases loaded um and then the next step up my friend had Ken Griffey Jr.'s like baseball, like some, some, he has a Ken Griffey baseball game on, I think it was Super Nintendo. Yeah. And uh, man, that was a lot of fun too. And I was like, I liked playing. Here's the thing I like playing baseball with my friends. I like playing it on consoles. I just cannot sit and watch a, a professional game on television. And turns out I can't go to a real game in person. And, uh, 
watch it either. So um, there, I do have, I guess I do have somewhere a, um, an appreciation for baseball. It just has to be Ken Griffey Jr. or bases loaded. I, and I, I will give you that baseball sometimes can't be, you know, the most exciting sport to watch. It's very much a sport of, of moments. It's, it's a lot of, you know, downtime, but if somebody cracks a homer, like that's, it's like a very, very quick peak of excitement. Or and then, somebody gets hit and there's a fight. Exactly. <laughs> like ba- baseball. <laughs> or steals a base. That's fun, right? That's a, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's got these very quick uh, peak moments of excitement. Um, it, it's not constant throughout the game, kind of like uh, how basketball can be, where there's constant scoring, uh, constant movement back and forth. Um, it, there's not a lot of movement to it. It's, it's more of like a, a, a game. If you like, uh, the technical side of sports, like how, how somebody, how somebody swings the bat or how somebody throws the ball. If you like numbers and statistics, uh, baseball is fantastic in that regard. But yeah, if you like constant action, uh, baseball absolutely isn't the sport for you. Um, and and I I totally get that. Like, like people, my listeners might know if they know me or they might be listening because they want to hear you, but, um, I'm a big MMA guy. If you ever do an MMA, you know, episode of, of, uh, the dollar hot dog night podcast, they might have dollar hot dog MMA fights. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm your guy, but, uh, I know that it lost a lot of followers when they started going like every weekend with fights. And for me, I'm like, baseball's like every goddamn night they sometimes they do double headers and it's nine innings why who can keep up with it there's too many games yeah and and the i think it's really expected that nobody almost nobody watches every single game unless they're like uh, tired or they're playing in the game yeah you <laughs> for for most sports unless it's football because you know football is only you know 17 games a year now but you pretty much have to be a diehard to watch every single game for your favorite hockey, baseball, or basketball team because there's so many games. But I think it also gives you more of an opportunity to catch your team if you're not, you know, available to uh, watch it every single night. Like, oh, if I if I don't catch them on Tuesday, you know, they they play two days later. I can catch that game, right? It makes sense. I mean, I know people aren't supposed to. And I, I have friends who are I mean, most of my friends are diehard baseball people, and uh, I just have never been able to get into it. So I know it's not the sport itself. It's mostly just me. And even like I've had friends come back to visit. It's like we'll go to a bees game and I get it, you know, get some junk food and sit and it's fun to visit with them. And, oh, there happens to be a baseball game out in the field. <laughs> but uh uh, that, that, I was trying to remember even we, we got there from bases loaded. So uh, I was trying to remember how we even got to back to sports. But uh, it, as far as um, like sports games, you know, Temco Bowl didn't love it. Uh, bases loaded. That's where it's at. Yeah, uh, the the baseball game I had as a kid, it was just called the MLB uh, because, again, it was the first baseball game to have uh the the mlb licensing so it had 
all the actual teams. I don't know if it was the first one or if it was just the first one on the Nintendo, but um, yeah, it had all the major league teams on it. Um, and I, as a kid, I was no good at it. Um, I also wasn't interested in sports as a kid, so I had no idea who any of the team. I think I played as the Cubs uh, for the most part because I saw the Cubs logo on TV once <laughs> and I was like, oh, I recognize that. Uh, so I always played as the Cubs on that game. Um, and then later on, when I started to actually watch sports, uh, that's when I got into uh, whatever team was in my local area, which growing up in Michigan was all the Detroit teams. Which, you know, poor you. But I mean, we're from Iowa. So we <laughs> so we sort of just get to choose like a Midwest team that we that does well, you know, but yeah. like like Packers have been in my family. It's like been a family thing. So it's passed on from my uncle and my brother, you know, and it's one of those, it's, it's a family affair. And that's why, you know, I follow green Bay sports. People ask me that, you know, you weren't born there. And I'm like, Iowa doesn't have a pro team. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate that you have that Packers burden (laughs) put on you. It like, and, and it's not like, you can change. It's not too late. <laughs> you you just literally said like 30 seconds ago, Detroit sports. Come on. <laughs> I, I know. know. I'm, I, know. I'm a hip. It, it, it makes it very hard. It, like that's just one more example in my life of how, how hard it is to talk trash about sports because <laughs> anyone, literally anyone, if they know I'm a fan of uh, Detroit teams, they can just throw that in my face, like not even a specific team, just you like Detroit sports. And I have, <laughs> I have no argument and I just have to let you have that victory. So before we sort of wrap up, I guess my question for both Nikki and Scott and I'll, and I'll answer too. What is your favorite console? You get one pick. Um, Super Nintendo. Easy, quick answer for Nikki. What makes why is that one just that's that's the, what I played the most and that like my pretty much my first one because we didn't really own the Nintendo. Um, yeah. What about you, Scott? For me, I would. It, it's kind of a tie. I would um, say can't tie. You got to pick one, Scott. Can't tie. I have to. Pick it's okay. One. You can you can t- you can go ahead. Um. My okay, I'll go with what I originally had, which would be the Nintendo 64. Um, it's the one it's the one I have the most vivid childhood memories of because uh, the follow up, the GameCube came out when I was a, a teenager. And when the Super Nintendo was released, I was still very young. And I think I was like three or four when that came out. So the, the Nintendo 64 was kind of in that sweet spot where it was like, okay, I've got a few years of gaming under my belt. This one is the, the big new one. It, it was the, probably the console I was the most hyped about. And actually the first time I played one, uh, was at Nikki's house, uh, when we were kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to hear that story. So, and and we didn't we didn't make very many visits. I don't even know what the circumstances for that visit was, but I remember uh, you and your sister had just got the Nintendo sixty four. I don't I don't think it was even out for very long uh, at the time, 
but I like you just oh yeah we got this Nintendo 64 and you had uh Super Mario 64 and I was just blown away yeah I remember that- when we'd come to our house you just wanted to play with our video games <laughs> <laughs> rather than <laughs> play with us <laughs> I mean yeah the- I was I was very much guilty of that as a kid. Pretty much anywhere, anybody's house I went to, like you got video games. I'm playing that. Like at the same time, like when like I loved video games growing up, and like a lot of my friends did not play very much, and I just like always beat them at games. It was like not fair. And sometimes it was so frustrating to watch them play. It's like, ugh, no. I'll just wait till you leave to play Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, oh. I I've, I had the same problem, too, because, like, me, my, my friends had, you know, video games, of course, and we played video games. But, like, they also had hobbies and, like, <laughs> you know, like families that you know did family stuff together. Like, right. it, it was just me, my sister, and my dad. And we pretty much had all of our own interests. So like if I, you know, wasn't playing video games, I was playing video games. Um, like, so I, I got really good at them compared to my friends. And then my friends started playing, you know, call of duty and halo. And I was just over here with my Nintendo. Like you guys want to play super Mario brothers. And like, no, we want to, shoot each other get call of duty scrub so like i'd i'd get an xbox and i'd get call of duty and i would just get crushed uh online like it they yeah it it we went in different directions as far as gaming goes and i've always stuck with like the the more family friendly nintendo stuff not it's a little bit easier of course but um i i i guess i game for different reasons than a lot of my contemporaries yeah where i i play more for relaxation and enjoyment where a lot of people are more in it for the for the competition yeah um, I'm not, yeah that's too stressful for me so you weren't a golden eye guy Oh, I love Conway though. <laughs> I I mean, oh yeah, definitely. I I loved a bit of competition, but like I always had a friend that owned a copy of GoldenEye. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I never felt the need to you know buy it myself and then practice up so the next time we meet up, I could I could beat him. It's just like you, you I got GoldenEye. You want to play GoldenEye? Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, sure. And then I maybe went around you know, every so often, but it was, for me, it was just more about having, having fun with my friends instead of, you know, trying to beat them. Whereas, uh, uh, it got to a point though, with, with the competitive games where it started to get ugly, uh, with my friends and they were very much the, the type of people who would say very crude things, uh, into their microphones while playing with other people. And I, you know, I personally wasn't about it. So, yeah, we kind of diverged in that regard. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm i not friends with any of those people anymore, yeah. uh, for the record. Uh, I don't know if it was mentioned, but the reason why Scott would come to my house is because we're cousins. So, um, yeah. Oh, did I did I not mention that I when, I, I, don't when know. I brought that up? I don't know. You would said you would come visit. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, my 
I didn't have like parents that made me go play outside or like only an hour on the Super Nintendo or 20 minutes. It's uh, it's like I get home from school and it's like I decide, okay, Super Nintendo until I go to bed at 11. <laughs> you know, so yeah. And now we're adults and we can play whenever we want. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that now that we're adults, uh, we still only get that hour. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we have other adult shit to do i i uh i i think maybe goldeneye was like the turning point for me where it was like it went from fun to like this is so frustrating gaming's not fun anymore where i was not good at it everyone would just kill me and so i i would sit back and let everyone else play and then i i honestly think like after that it was very selective like i was very selective on what games i played um and and i don't blame goldeneye you know that's like one of the games everyone talks about like everybody played that for some reason it was a huge uh big milestone in gaming but i think maybe like you said with the competitiveness in me it was like this is so frustrating it's no longer fun for me because people take it so seriously and so yeah it sort of just killed it for me i feel like yeah halo actually started to ruin it for me it's like Cause like I didn't, I never had an Xbox, but everyone did, and they were so far ahead of me with those type. Right, of and there's games. no catching up. Yeah, as like I had to start with it. Then I had a PlayStation Two, but um, I mean those were like Grand Theft Auto. I would play, you know, by myself. Um, wait, Tad, did you answer your qu- the question of favorite game? Console? No, I was hoping you guys would forget and ask. No, no, um, I didn't. I would probably say I did. <laughs> super nintendo too yeah i mean we my i remember my brother saved up his like money from working at a diner washing dishes to get an n64 and my mom was like okay well your brother owns the system but we'll like you know if you want to save up and get games he'll let you play on it but he always has say on like and of course we had to share a tv so that got complicated it was like well it's your brother's gaming system but it's our tv and mom has say so i don't envy her but um i remember and this is like a really crude story of how our household was growing up. Mom was trying to quit smoking or we were trying to get mom to quit smoking. And um, (laughs) the incentive was every time mom smokes a cigarette, she has to put a dollar in a jar. And we bought Diddy Kong racing within a week (laughs) because my mom smoked so much. And then I was like, Oh, we're just going to like, we're going to own a bunch of games. Like this is great. And mom was like, no, I'm not putting more dollars and you got what you wanted. I'm like, I wanted you to quit smoking. I didn't want Diddy Kong racing. It just, <laughs> she was like, well, no, I, I smoked my cigarettes. You got your video game. Now leave me alone. It's like, okay, like, I guess. But like, it was just such a weird thing to think. Like, it was like, <laughs> we have to buy something as a family. And we all agreed. Like, we were, you know, obviously loved Mario Kart and, and mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. And our, my sister, I, I will say this, my poor sister, who was not good at anything, donkey kong uh on super nintendo donkey kong country and then like on 64 she was like that was her thing like she was better at that than anybody else for some reason and so it was like a compromise let's get diddy kong racing it it is family friendly um everybody can play it's multiplayer game everybody in the neighborhood can come over and play so it was sort of a compromise to to get like use mom's cigarette money to buy diddy kong racing um i think that one had like the airplanes and the boats and the cars right scott it did um yeah that was awesome 
It, it's it's funny that you uh, mentioned how much your your sister enjoyed uh, Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo, uh, because it is I know a a, a disproportionate amount of uh, like girls I know that like play video games. A lot of them like Donkey Kong Country for some reason was like the game the game that they played as a kid that they you know if they still play video games now like that's the retro game that they'll go back and visit oh, i so know weird because uh, I, you know donkey kong's feminine uh <laughs> cape like his, his feminine touch i don't know yeah i i don't Girl know yeah <laughs> Bitches I, I don't know <laughs> i don't know what it is about that game specifically that you know back you know back in the early mid 90s you know, if if girls were playing video games, they certainly weren't talking about it very much because I didn't know any girls that played games outside of my sister who rented the Barbie game for Super Nintendo from Blockbuster whenever we went. The bright pink cartridge and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, my my best friend's wife, um, uh, a girl that I went to elementary school with, uh, your sister, um, a couple girls that I worked with donkey kong country it's it's some weird coincidence i guess but that that seems to be a game that resonated with a with a lot of uh girls for some reason now that i think about one of my best friends growing up that was her favorite game donkey kong and i i i would play it but Oh, I enjoyed it. And yeah. the, the, the soundtrack was fucking cool yeah but like, I, it, it is. oh mm-hmm. so cool i think the hard times did a funny article like a while ago it was like it was like writer of the original donkey kong music like it it was it was sort of poking fun at like him being like a hipster using all these different instruments and using like lsd to write that soundtrack because it's weird (laughs) um but the score but it was so cool i it's like one of those things that you can play and it will instantly trigger memories in my brain like there's just some reserve spot in my brain for donkey kong country i mean riding those carts through the uh, mine shafts and jumping them and oh man what a game you you hit the fists on the ground and the bananas would come up from the (laughs) ground there's so many cool things about that game and i think ultimately that's that's what's very enjoyable about retro gaming specifically is that not only does it evoke uh memories of the game itself but it also evokes memories of when you were a kid playing that game like like you said you can remember where you were when you played you know this game or when you beat this level for the first time as a kid like i can remember i was in my friend's living room the first time i i beat the minecart level and like those memories come flooding back every time you you play the game and i think that's that's one reason i i enjoy because i i'm a bit of a a a nostalgia fiend i you know i love my my stuff from the nineties and all that, but you know, that's because, you know, I'm in my thirties now and people are, who are in their thirties are, are in control of the media and they all decided that the nineties are cool again, mm-hmm. which, well, you know, Hey, it was a simpler in my time. favor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a simpler time and an innocent time when things were, you know, I don't know, it, not to get like dark or anything, but it's like, you know, when you become adult, you, you long for those times when you didn't have a bunch of bullshit to do all the time and mm. dealing yeah. with everything. That, so you can shut off your brain and that's just, you know, it's, it brings back floods of great memories. 
Yeah, because not only as an adult now, are you more cognizant of, you know, how the world works just from the standpoint of, you know, your life experience, but you also have the internet now. So not only do you know how, you know, how life works, but now you know how everything works. Everybody else's life works too. uh, You know, you know too much. Yeah. So, you know, that's why you pop on Super Mario Brothers and you just forget about it and go back to a time where where you didn't know what the girl you work with had for lunch today (laughs) (laughs) well said scott so um as we're wrapping up i guess um i just want to uh, send my listeners over again um the podcast that scott has is dollar hot dog night podcast and then um you're on twitch as scotto rocket correct yeah scotto underscore rocket at uh on twitch.tv um yep so i will um link both of those in the show notes but it sounds like um we'll have to do some more game talking or even um i don't know we'll have to figure something out because you have um some vastly different interests than me but i want to sort of explore some of those and and pick your brain but um it's been awesome talking video games did anyone have any final thoughts before we we say goodbye nikki Uh, I, i I like Mar- I love Mario and Yoshi and <laughs> Luigi <laughs> and Luigi. What else you got? I just love those three so much. Okay, <laughs> Scott, did you have any final thoughts before we, we sign out? Is there any yeah. um, is there any Nintendo characters you want to sh- want to confess your love for? I mean, I, I aside from the obvious like Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi, like for me. Uh, Nintendo Nintendo is like my Disney. So like mm. ev- everyone has like, you know, their favorite Disney movies and I lo- I love Disney too. Um but like Mario is like Mickey Mouse to me and uh just it, it's it's a whole universe into unto itself uh Nintendo is and it's it's just something Diff- so different from what you know your your other uh like xbox and playstation type gaming offers like they also have their their bright and colorful games but <clears throat> as far as what's popular um like i'll i'll give the occasional call of duty a spin but i i just like my my bright 8-bit colors and um I love Mario. <laughs> wait, wait, does that mean when um, Mario World Land opens up in Universal Orlando Studios, Orlando, you're coming with us? Of course he is. Yes, I I am. Um, okay. When when does that open? By the way, in Orlando, I think it's, it's predicted they're estimating 2025 now because they're they're building an entire new theme park for that area where in Hollywood they've already started breaking ground. It's supposed to open next year, um, but it will be significantly smaller. I think the biggest one will be in Orlando. Um, Japan, isn't it? Japan? Already open. In yeah, Japan, we yeah. could go to Japan right now. And Can, can we, though? Y- I don't know if travel restrictions. I'm not sure. I'm, we, everything covid's over we can swim there yeah we'll find i mean no. yeah i mean i i do listen to a lot of pat mcafee show and there is a lot of uh we beat covid 
uh, celebrations uh, oh, yeah. being shouted on there. So uh, according what? to him, what? we've we've beat it. <laughs> what we beat what? it. Uh, so uh, if if he's to be believed, then yes. And I mean, he's wrestling at WrestleMania, so I believe him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, it's it's uh, WrestleMania weekend. Pat McAfee is uh, is has a WrestleMania match. Uh, wrestling's so bizarre. I I love it and hate it. <laughs> well, that would be another great topic to have you back on because that's something that I loved passionately as a kid. I still from time to time, mostly because Bad Bunny entered the world. Yeah. I, I'm back into it, but it would be. Um, fun to like dive back in and and watch a full show and and figure out who the hell is who and i mean some of these old guys are still i heard ray mysterio he's going to be wrestling at wrestlemania uh not only is ray mysterio uh yeah not only is he going to be there tag teaming with his son um against the miz uh who some people might know from uh early 2000s uh road rules Yes. MTV World Rules. Uh, he's teaming up with Logan Paul. Okay, uh, we're, we're watching. Is that Saturday or Sunday night? I don't know what night that match is on. Um, I'm watching both nights regardless. Um, I don't watch uh, wrestling religiously anymore, um, but I absolutely will make time for WrestleMania. All right. Well, you heard it. Scott's going to be at WrestleMania wrestling. Um, he <laughs> He'll he'll be dressed as Mario. Um, Nikki loves Mario. Um, did I have a pickup line? Did you know you can't spell Luigi without you and I? Oh. <laughs> oh. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast. <laughs>